Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This week's episode of Barbecue Attack, we have a guest host, Kevin Wheeler, a local gentleman from Washington, D.C., who both Chris and I have known now for, gosh, it feels like almost a decade, but Kevin is also a a barbecue guy. We'll call him his own pit master because he's been smoking on a Lang 48-inch reverse flow offset smoker, say that 10 times really fast, for probably about the better part of the last 14 years. So since Chris and I are getting ready to do a review on an old country Brazo um, offset smoker, we figured uh, what better than to bring somebody in before we actually char up some meat, uh, have some bitter taste, and we got to find some lumber that we're going to be throwing in that smoker. And we figured Kevin could uh, bring a little bit of flavor to the show and talk about his experience with an offset smoker. So Kevin, uh, welcome to the show. And sorry, I forgot to mention Chris, but you guys know him. (laughs) Uh, Kevin's a starter show. What's up, my brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah, you look fantastic, man. God, I miss you. you. It's been a while. It's been a long time. We chat here and there. And uh, for folks to understand, you know, Kevin's been a real cool. We've been to football games together. We've met up um, at different shows uh, uh, throughout the years and, uh, you know, uh, tech shows. We've met up personally down in uh, Virginia. Uh, hung out so Ke- kevin and i have been cool and then we've chat and most importantly kevin is the ultimate reason i own the f-150 lightning uh, that right. directly squarely goes upon his shoulders he was the one that hit me that it was about to be released uh and because of that i was able to jump on it pretty quickly and uh get on the list so appreciate you man that's right wait tech sorry, barbecue just, and forward sorry just to double check <laughs> yeah. do you, you don't I thought you were a Raptor guy, not a Lightning guy. Well, I'm a Ford guy. Um, oh, that's I, right. had, were... I had a Raptor, but I sold my Raptor and got the Bronco when it came. Okay. Out. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah you were just making fun with Chris with his lifter issues with his Chevys, and finally told him, "Yes, you can make all the jokes you want about F O R D, but my trucks work. Your trucks are breaking down every four or five years because these stupid lifter issues." Well, he heard the episode we were talking about. You know the cyber truck, and he hit me on the side. I was like, "Hey, man, I, I don't mess a, with that. He don't mess with that." I got a good word that Ford's about to announce really soon, and I was like, mm, "Okay, okay." And uh, sure enough, he was dead on. Uh, you got it a year, year, almost a year and a half ahead of time. Because if you would have waited for the cyber truck, they're only just supposed to start shipping the first units, which I imagine are two employees. I think in two weeks they're doing the 
the release event where they start getting them out. And I think if they get 500 out this year will be a decent number. Yeah, um, I'm not, I wouldn't change the the path and how things went for anything. I'm super yeah. happy with my truck right no. now. So you're Kevin, now what electric you've been, van. What, what you've been smoking, Kevin? Lately. Um, lately, um, I think I haven't done anything in the last month, but toward the end, you know, in the beginning of the fall, you know, I did some ribs, uh, did a brisket toward was... the end of the summer. Yeah. And I started messing around with, um, you know, the, what they call the poor man, um, burn ins with the, uh, with the, the chuck pork. roast. Right. Oh, I, right. I yeah. Did, yeah. I haven't yeah. tried it yet. How would you think of it? Oh, I love it. It's it's pretty good, especially with the price of uh brisket right now. <laughs> brisket is outrageous. killing you right now. Yeah. It's so. like not, was that nine? No, four dollars a pound, depending on where you get it from. Yeah. And then, so when you when you do the burnt ends with the chuck roast, is it every bit as you know juicy? Does like break down when you eat it, or is it a little bit tougher? If you go longer with the smoke. It'll uh-huh. still break down. Okay. Uh, yeah, it still breaks down really good. Yeah, because that's 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 the the key with the using the point, right? It just it's a lot of fat in there, so right. you cook that thing forever, and it's literally melting your mouth. I'm have to try that though. I'm have to try that chuck roast burnt ends, man, because we really do enjoy burnt ends. We did the burnt end sliders once; that was awesome. We did the burnt end mm-hmm. burgers; uh, that was awesome. So just, there's nothing you can do with burnt ends that doesn't taste delicious. So here's a question: If you if you were to do a brisket burn end, a chuck burn end, blind taste test, could you tell the difference? Yes. <laughs> and, and, and brisket is going to win every time. Brisket is going to win every time. <laughs> okay. So it's, it is a, if you, if you want to do something a little bit more on a budget, go right. with the, the chuck burn end. You really will enjoy it, but make no mistakes about it. You're not going to mistake that for brisket burn and you will. That no no restaurants can go out and start serving burnt ends with Chuck and think they could get away with it. No. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, my Kevin, first question is, what made you go with Lang versus Lang. probably Oh Lang, excuse me. It, uh, it, what did you think? What did I, did I say? Lang L A N G. Yeah. Okay. Right. Lang. Yeah. So yeah. what made you go with like Lang versus Millstone? And I know I think Millstone are just offset. They're not reverse flow. Was it right. you wanted to get in reverse flow? Lang is more local to the east coast versus west coast what 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 got you to that brand like i guess if we could start off there right so i i started off smoking what really got me into smoking i, I started off with a cook shack which is basically a stainless steel uh box mm-hmm. uh it's, it's electric right it's got a yep. heating element but but it's really insulated right mm-hmm. and to me insulation is a big part of being able to cook at consistent temperatures, right? No matter what time of the year, because it could be snow on the ground. I'm firing up the smoker. Yep, yep. So when I started researching, I wanted to take it to another level. Um, and I wanted to start utilizing, um, you know, uh, logs, right? Splits mm-hmm. uh, instead of um, instead of the wood chunks that you could buy for like mm-hmm. those cook shacks. And so I, I just started doing a lot of research. Uh, I dove into it. And when I, when I saw the laying, right, the thickness of the steel, um, got me. And then the reverse flow was part of it, right? And they, they're built in, uh, down in Georgia and they'll ship them up to you. They custom built, you know, you order it, they build it and they ship it to you. And so I've, out of all my research, I settled on that, uh, the quality of their build and the thickness of the gauge of the steel that they use. Um, and to me, and, and then also you could customize it, right? Um, 
I wanted both of my racks to slide out. And so things like that kind of led me down that path. So we should probably take a second to make sure people understand what a reverse flow smoker is, what it means. Cause I'm sure some people have heard the term, but they may not quite understand what exactly it means in the first place. So, um, Essentially, I see the quick way, and Kevin put it best when we were uh, rapping earlier before the show started, is that uh, the the smoke uh, or the stack literally comes out the same side as the firebox. And and how would that be possible, right? Because if you have an offset smoker, that means the, the firebox is off to one side or the other side. So how on earth does the smoke make it? You know, if the smoke and the heat just went straight up, uh, yeah, you wouldn't really be cooking your food very well. But what happens is they put a, I guess, for all intents and purposes, is a diffuser. Do you know it as a different name? Uh, a baffle. Baffle. Uh, yeah, baffle sure. Plate is one one word that's used. Uh, some people, some smokers will have it where the baffle is removable. Um, okay. But so it can go either way. Okay. Yeah. So, but most, uh, most true, uh, reverse flow, it's actually welded in place. So you can't. Yeah. Take it out. yeah. So, and so what happens is that heat travels under that baffle, then it hits the side of the smoker and that shoots it back to the other side of the smoker. And then it exits through the actual, um, the, the, the stack on that side. So there's a bunch of benefits you get from that. I think most importantly, is oftentimes when folks have like the, a regular straight smoker, um, the because that heat comes in at one side, a lot of times you'll see guys take like a big thick log and they'll put it on that right side mm-hmm. in front of the firebox, and that kind of uh, disperses diffuses the, the heat. diffuses the heat for them because anything they put on that side definitely would be cooked faster than uh, something else. Right. So, uh, so you, you don't have really have to worry about that because that heat's being distributed for you. Right. So I and, think- that, and that's the big thing. Right. Even mm-hmm. cooking. Another another benefit of it is you get that what what the community of Lane called the Lane sizzle. Mm-hmm. Right. You got you got the fats, the juices off of that meat hitting that baffle mm-hmm. and you get this sizzle sound. Sure. As the meat as you're smoking. Right. Right. Um, some people even fry things on that baffle. Interesting, right? like hamburgers and things of that nature. So, and I imagine that that little smoke that comes off of that fat hitting that thing then adds that extra flavor to the food right. that you're cooking. That juiciness, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, with the way that that smoker is set up, because typically uh, folks would put uh, the fat towards the hottest part of the smoker, but you, when you do a brisket, or you would you do you do it fat side up still, or do you do it fat side down? I've done both, uh, and, and I, I basically did that in trying to experiment. But sure. I, I still prefer uh, fat side up. Of course, right? you're, you're and, a smart guy. And then <laughs> I, and then also um, because of the way it works, right? I, I actually turned the the uh, the point uh, away from the fire, right? Firebox, sure, because of the way the heat travels. Most of your heat is coming up from the opposite side and sure. then coming back across the meat. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. And I, I tend to put, um, from what I've determined for my smoker on the, uh, doesn't quite matter so much because the heat tends to, I put the brisket, uh, more towards the middle of my smoker. And so that heat kind of, I have a baffle as well that comes in from the right, uh, and then sends it back up. Uh, towards the stack but my stack is directly in the middle of the cook chamber 
So I don't necessarily see too much difference between the left side of the smoker or the right side of the smoker because it's it's not that much space in there. It's like, you know, 20 inches, 21 inches. It's right. just tall and deep. So I end up just putting the um the uh brisket, you know, the point towards the door. Haven't really seen much difference whether it's towards the door or not towards the door. I don't really get a lot of uneven cooking. The only thing I will say is in my smoker, there's more heat on that bottom uh, tray than the top. So I tend to do chicken down there at the very bottom and then everything else and then, you know, put everything else at, at the top. But if I need to, I can cook on all four. So right. when you went from the electric smoker mm-hmm. to the reverse flow smoker, which in my opinion is it's probably a massive upgrade because you went from electric, not really having a lot of good deep smoke flavor, I would imagine to your stick burning. Mm-hmm. Did you notice a massive jump in the yeah. smoke flavor in your meat? Yeah, actually. And this is going to surprise you, right? Because in that, in that uh, electric one, yeah, because the fire is, you know, you put these wood chunks in the, in the, in the, in the uh, fire pan and they're actually smoldering, right? Yeah. So you don't use as much, right? Like mm-hmm. one, you may use one, one and a half chunks uh, for a long, uh, you know, rib cook. And because it's smoldering, right? It's, it's like it's, it's putting off more smoke. So you got to be careful. You actually get more smoke uh, using that than you do wow. with a stick burner here. And I'll explain why. Uh, so on the stick burner, um, the goal, and I learned this, you know, with trial and error and then, you know, watching and in, in, in the forms, the goal is with the Langs, especially you want a clear, almost like a light blue or almost no smoke coming out of the smoker. Mm-hmm. You want to cook with a clean, what we call a clean fire. Mm-hmm. And so the smoke taste isn't as heavy, mm-hmm. but it still has a great flavor, right? Right. Um, if your smoke is too heavy, right, or white, then your fire is not burning well. Okay. So you, you're stepping into a new league now because you have to do fire management. Right? Yeah. That's a whole nother game. So this is why I wanted to have you on the show because you have a ton of experience and it's all said. And we've been telling folks uh, that Mason Dixon Barbecue Services have been helping us out with some content for the show and some they've been supplying uh, things for us to test because they're like, hey, we'd love to get your opinion on it. And if I don't, Rod and I don't have to buy a device or buy a smoker and then figure out what to do with it later on, that does us a huge favor. Uh, so we, you know, we told you guys about the, the test we did uh, for the um, gravity smoker. And then now we are t- about to fire up uh, this uh, old country uh, Brazos uh, smoker. Now, this one's not reverse flow as far as I can tell. I'm pretty nope. sure it's not. Definitely not. Uh, no. But uh, but it's still the same concept. It's just I have to you know be careful. But I, I'll be honest. I have only like once ever smoked on a, uh, a offset smoker like this, like a, a barrel style. And so I was like, uh, now my number one question was, what did you settle on as far as, I, I mean, we've heard you mention the logs, but you know, I know you went through a bunch of iterations of, you know, charcoal and logs, charcoal and then uh, to, and uh, of chunks. And then, you know, I'm pretty sure you settled on just doing the whole thing with logs. But kind of tell me what you found as pros and cons, because my, my my inclination is to start with like a bed of charcoal 
I see that done a lot with a lot of pit masters and then put the logs on top and then just keep it going with the logs. But could you just kind of run us through what you found through your testing with the different versions of heating it? Yeah, I've done that. Right. Uh, You know, I've done the bed of um, charcoal, get it good and white, get a good cold bed going that way. And then right before the cook starts, you add your your, log, right, or Mm -hmm. or split, what we call a split. And then you go from there. Right. And Mm -hmm. eventually, even that charcoal bed is going to burn down. Right. You're going to end up with a a nice bed of uh, wood charcoal, true charcoal. True charcoal. Right. Right. And so. I, I do that here and there. It just depends on how much time I have or, mm. or, you know, and things of that nature. And sometimes it depends on what I'm cooking, but my preferred method is just to start with wood. Right. Mm-hmm. Let, and and I, I get a good fire going, heat up the smoker and I, and I'll, I'll uh, start my fire, go in the house and start prepping. Right. Sure. sure. I, Cause I want that to burn down those logs that I start with. I want those to burn down to a nice white coal of uh, a bed of coal. And then I come back with some more, another log to start to cook. And so that's, that's my preferred method, but I, I still use charcoal from here, you know, now and then uh, to get it going. So do you find the charcoal, if you go charcoal and logs, that kind of heats the smoker faster. So that's what you said with time. Yeah, that, that gets it up to temp pretty quick. Um, but it also, um, depends on if, if I have a good, if I have, uh, wood on hand or, if, you know, nice thing is you can go to, um, uh, ace heart ace and get a bag of splits, right? I do that every once in a while. So but, y- your splits are, are they just regular, whatever wood is available? Or are you actually getting like hickory oak or something no, like I, that? So what I keep on hand uh, and I can send you guys a picture afterwards, mm-hmm. right? I keep hickory on hand, right? I used to do oak and hickory, mm-hmm. but now my preferred wood is hickory. I keep some oak sometimes because oak burns hotter. So if I ever need to raise my temps, I'll add a split of uh, oak, right? Oh, interesting. And, yeah, it burns hotter. Um, but I get my hickory. Uh, I was getting it from this place right up there in Maryland. I, I just passed you guys. Mm. I have to find that, uh, find a link to their site, but they have a really nice selection of both oak and hickory. I, I didn't even really think about that because here I am. I'm always, you know, well, A, I can use a, I use my controller to control the temperature, but never really <laughs> thought about saying, uh, you know, hey, you can change the wood you're using to control the temperature as well. So, that or, or you can. Or you can change the size of your splits, right? So when I re- sometimes I may have a log that typically I would use by itself, but if I want to raise my temps, I'll I have I have a splitter, right? Break it and down I, smaller and smaller. And I break it down to smaller splits, and then add those, you know, consecutively. That gets the temp up really quick. Very interesting. Okay, and then uh, because of that, you don't have to add anything. So. So now you got the and then so, before we before ahead, you jump to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know I've seen like a uh, um, mad scientist sometimes when he's like, I'm going to start my smoke. He'll go to the gr- gr- uh, grease drippings, smear mm-hmm. that a little bit on the wood and then start with some of that. Not a lot, but enough. Just he says it helps to accelerate the start. Do you ever do that? Um, I have not. I have used. Um, you know how if you ever wrap the brisket. Yeah, uh, and then the paper you know, from that. butcher paper. Yeah, uh, I have saved that, oh. and then used that as a starter. 
Yeah, uh, that's a great starter. But a lot of times I'll buy the tumbleweeds. Sure, yeah. You know, I, those, okay. yeah. I use those, right? I'll, I'll put me like three, four splits in uh, in the in the smoker and put some tumbleweeds on them, light those tumbleweeds, and, and that'll get it going. Um, another thing I recommend you getting is a uh, moisture meter. You can get those off of Amazon. Because mm. when you buy wood, right, mm-hmm. uh, be careful where you buy it from because <laughs> not working. all wood is dry, right? Right, so yeah. You I'll want something under 20% moisture, right? 20 to 15 or lower yeah. if you can. Yeah. yeah, I was actually considering getting one because I'm running into a problem sometimes when we're making our cutting boards where, you know, sometimes I'll make a cutting board and I'll let it, you know, I got some, I get tied up. So it sits for like a day or two and I come back and that thing is looking like a U and I'm like, what the heck? You know what I mean? Because it's just mm-hmm. dried. Yeah, you know, one side of it right. dried out a little bit and I got to, you know, I got to go back and kind of work it to get it back to where it's supposed to be until it gets into oil. That usually holds it still. But so I was considering grabbing one of those moisture meters just to kind of see what I'm working with uh, for right. start. So, yeah, that would make sense to kind of test the wood. Yeah, I learned that. Did you just get yeah. like a relatively inexpensive moisture meter with like two probes? You just stick, stick it in yep. the wood and grab mm-hmm. your moisture. Are you doing like where you're scanning the surface in it, just kind of get, nah, it goes deeper the, into the wood. The two prongs. Okay. Um, I learned my lesson buying, buying wood from somebody off of, uh, off of, uh, Facebook. Facebook, Facebook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It looked good on the surface, but. <laughs> so, so now let's get into what, or do, are you tempting, what probes are you using to tempt the meats? Or are you just uh, using so, a handheld probe? Cause I'm interested to see what you get. What, cause right. with the thickness of your smoker, I imagine that some of the, some remote thermometers may have a little bit of trouble. Actually, the meter works quite well. So uh, I asked what I was wondering. Yeah, I knew, I knew where you were got, going with that. I was so, wondering if you can use a meter in that bad boy. Yeah. So I have one of those and yeah. I also have uh, a couple of others that are Wi-Fi enabled uh, okay. where I can check temps uh, while, you know, they have like four prongs. So I can check temps from the Internet and stuff like that. Uh, right. So I have that. And then I also have uh, a your typical uh, handheld one. Just, OK. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you definitely. Uh, I would tell people to make sure they have multiples, especially a handheld one, because you want to get that final check to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So on your smoker, have you determined that there is a sweet spot? So let's say you're doing one brisket, one pork butt or something like that. Is it like directly in the middle? Is it all to the left? It, it, or is it just pretty even throughout? Um, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. If I'm doing one, I'm going in the middle. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, 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 it's 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 kind of even, but you still have some hot spots. Right. Yeah. And some cool spots. But I kind of know where those are. But the middle, uh, if, if I only have one thing, it's going in the middle. So if, given the size, of your, I mean, your smoke, it's not small. I mean, you're not a 108 inch smoker. You didn't go crazy like you're uh, smoking for competitions. But right. if you were doing a big party, how many briskets or how many uh, pork shoulders can you get on your smoker at at one time for if you had to do a larger smoke? Let's see. I can probably do at least six briskets. That okay. minimum. That's nuts. All right. And pork butts, probably. Um, comfortably, I can probably do 12 pork butts. Right? I, I can probably do more briskets than that. I'm just thinking about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. It, you could do enough food. So you, it's pretty, you, it's, it's pretty spacious in there. Yeah. For a, for a backyard, you're, you're never going to run it. You're, you've never run into a space problem since you got it over, over, 
almost yeah. 15 years ago, 12 years, 14 years ago. Sorry. The, the only regret I have about this one is it came in a patio version and then the where it's on these pneumatic wheels, which is fine. Mm. But you, I could have also gotten it on a small trailer. And I, 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 sh- I did see that. I should have gone with the patio small if you did the trailer. trailer. I did the patio. And let me tell you, this thing is like 900 pounds. Right. Uh, pulling it around. If, if I had to move it, I don't move it. But pulling it around, uh, if it ever tipped over, it'd be oh. a wrap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even my smoker, it was, it's funny because Rod and I <sighs> were, we, I've had to recruit Rod to help me move the uh, the smoker we uh, the first smoker we borrowed, and that thing was like four hundred pounds. And I was smiling the whole time because I still remember like pulling a muscle trying to get my smoker. I don't even think I really mentioned that to people that I actually I pulled a muscle when I was trying to get my smoker into the backyard because mine is like six hundred and eighty pounds or something like that, mm-hmm. something outrageous. And uh, so when I was moving this one, I was like, oh, no big deal. And then this uh, smoker, I think, is about 600 pounds as well. But it's just it's just the weight is mostly on the uh, firebox as opposed to the actual cook chamber. And so you can kind of it has uh, the big wheels in the back. So you can kind of wheelbarrow it. But uh, Rod and I moved it. uh, We we delivered this one, though, to my house this time uh, just because it's you know, there's no there's no temperature uh, controller on this one so i wanted it to be a little bit closer before i test it out and uh see and uh That's i think he oh god sorry chris no i was just gonna say i think uh i'm definitely gonna do probably at least a brisket and a pork shoulder on this big boy and then you know maybe some chickens and stuff from there Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So Sorry, to Rod. keep the rust down on the, the firebox, are you having to do like the WD-40 periodically spraying it down? Or is no? Um, with- I used, um, I use on the firebox, I use mineral oil on it. Um, okay. And, and it's still... Uh, cause it's outside, it's in the elements. It's, it's almost so every spring I'll scrape it down a little bit mm-hmm. and then spray paint it with high temperature paint again. Um, but, but it's, yeah. So that's, I mean, it's to be expected, but yeah, you just do what you can. And then mineral oil, I imagine, I don't know, what's the, does mineral oil hold up pretty well? Is it like last year the season or you just got to kind of do that throughout the year? Uh, that's, that's what I use to season it with. No, throughout uh, on but, the inside, but, but um, but on the outside, you're saying? Oh yeah, um, you just so you just paint it on the outside. You don't even bother putting oil on the outside to kind of. I, no, I did oil it on the outside. I did oh, okay. that. Try to keep uh, it down. So a couple, maybe couple. I do it once a year. Okay, that's a lot of work. 
But uh, so I, sometimes I just, I, you know, I'll just scrape the rust off, wipe it down real good and, and spray paint it again. Right. OK. okay. So it's either yeah. or uh, makes perfect sense. All right. So you do you obviously you're smoking briskets, you're smoking pork shoulders, you're, you're doing night smokes. How is it different from Chris's oven that he has outside that he has a temperature control you, and you, you go gonna, to sleep? You're going to try uh, to straight up cheating. <laughs> um, straight up cheap no but you know if if you're like my neighbor you know he has a uh what do you call those pellet grills and yeah, he just yeah. doesn't have the patience but man this thing it's all about sitting there you know tending to the fire and just hanging out so i can sit out there all day and just let it rock right and just right. sit there i find me something to read or listen to and i'm tending the fire and it, it's just it's a it's a joy. It's my thing, and yeah. And, but you said it holds temp really well too, and yeah, for extended yeah. periods of time. So it's not like you're constantly adjusting it, uh, right? But you have to feed it during the if you're going to smoke overnight, like Chris will throw something on eleven over. o'clock at night. You're no, you're putting logs on in the middle of the night. Yes, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna um, I, I, you're gonna be putting logs on. Yeah, it's not gonna <laughs> because a split will last you. You know, uh, depending on what temp you're cooking at, maybe an hour at the most. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So see, that's good to know. Right. Yeah. You got to You you have to babysit it, right? It, yeah. It's um and because if you put too much wood in there, then you're cooking too hot, right? And what um, what temps so, do you normally cook at though? I normally run between two fifty and two seventy five. I do as well. Um, you know. 225 i can maintain that but um i find it just takes too long it's, it, it's, it's hard long. and it's hard to maintain 225 in this thing right it wants to it wants to cook right <laughs> so so getting temperature back down is a challenge then if it goes past yeah it can be yeah yeah i, I can get i can get the temperatures up really fast well over 300 i mean right like, like it's nothing yeah yeah but so for me getting the if i I'll take the temperature up to make sure the charcoal is boiling, re- boil, uh, burning really nice. But mm-hmm. I can when I, when I close everything off, it's closed off. That temperature is dropping, uh, pr- and pretty significantly. Um, but uh, I imagine this one's a little bit different. Uh, trying to you know to do that, so I don't want to overshoot my temperature too much and want to keep it in that range, right? Uh, for the most part. Now, um, and then uh, how about uh, does it have a is it just burning up all the grease that drips or does it actually have a outlet for that as well? It, it has an outlet. Um, it's a, it's a huge outlet at the bottom, right? It's got this, uh, remember the old faucet handles we used to have on our yep. water fossils, you know, yep. and you can, you can close it off. Uh, mm-hmm. when I'm cooking, um, depending on the temperature outside, sometimes I might leave that closed. Right. Interesting. Um, you know, because air does come up through it. Sure. Um, so, but most of the time I leave it slightly open so that it just kind of slowly drips right. out. You just throw yeah. a pan underneath it. Or- yeah. I keep a bucket. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Get these little metal buckets from, uh, from the hardware store. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so, and then typically you find the cook times to be about the same. So, you know, if you're doing a brisket, you know, 14, 12, 14 hours, or are you finding it faster or slower? I find it faster. Really? Um, I, I I rarely go over twelve hours with a brisket, As in, and you don't wrap either. I I wrap I wrap with a uh, butcher paper. 
Oh, you started rapping. I can know for a while you were you were you stopped rapping. Uh yeah, it depends. Sometimes I, I don't rap, but uh most of the time I rap with butcher paper. Butcher paper, okay. I never yeah. use foil though. Yeah, no, I stopped using foil. I just and I don't have it's nothing wrong with using foil. If you like it, use it. I actually use it for my for my pork shoulders, but I don't use it for my briskets. My briskets I use butcher paper on, um, but I just I like the texture of the bark better with the butcher right. paper um, yeah. than with the foil. So I'm, I'm with you on that. So I think for my first cook, I don't. I think I'm just going to do some ribs just to kind of get a feel for it. A little bit more involved than pulled pork, but not a brisket, and right. then. What I'm going to do is I think I'm going to use a better coal and then I'm going to get some wood in there and then I'm just going to keep feeding it wood after the fact. Right. But could I get away with using wood chunks or is it just don't bother uh, with wood chunks? And just use I wouldn't a, do chunks. I would do splits. Um, okay. Actually, like I said, go to um, who has it. It's uh, actually you can find them at Home Depot, but I, I tend to find that. um Ace Hardware has a more variety, right? If you want apple wood, okay, they have hickory apple. Uh, they have uh, post oak. That's oak. what I've been looking for for um, a while. It's a right. post oak. It's been, so it's been hard to find. It's about eighteen to twenty dollars for a bag, and that's when I use coal, right? When I'm using that, start mm-hmm. with a bed of coal, and that bag will get me through. I know at least you know ribs right and mm-hmm. and stuff so i it goes a long way but yeah i would i would go that route i would not do chunks right? okay fair enough and i don't mind because even if i buy logs i can i can cut those later and put them in my smoker i mean some logs can fit in mine it just depends you know that right. to be about i think about eight inches uh to fit in my my regular smokers cook chamber and stuff like that um but and no no side, no issues with like injection, not injection, you know, with your meats uh, or anything like that. No, you can. I, I don't. I didn't. I don't inject, but there's there's not an issue. You can inject if you. If yeah. You, want to. you don't need a crutch, right? You cook uh, good. Well, I just, I, to me, that's more work, and I'm kind of lazy, so I just want to <laughs> season mine and throw it on there. Right. Uh, I, I. I just. Uh, I like to, there's certain things I like to do up to a point. And yeah, right. I definitely, for my briskets, I'm just, when I, we had a pit master on last year, pit master, uh, shoot, I, his name slipped my mind for a second, but he informed me about the different on our show. He informed us about the different types of injections. Mm-hmm. And so for a while we had been, you know, I would just mix up some, in, some liquid and I would inject my meat and you know go with it but you know inevitably i would just assume that i'm going to lose about 50 percent of what i'm injecting and it's coming back out and he actually hit us to the game he was like no what you need is an injection that has phosphates in it because the phosphates actually bonds to the meat right uh and then it kind of closes it off and it remains in there way way longer and i'm that little tiny nugget of advice was a huge game changer uh, so yeah, so it, and you, you said when you, when you inject it, you'll actually see the meat pump up. Right. And sure enough, when I do those briskets, man, they're just like, you know, they're turning into the incredible hawk. <laughs> they're ready for battle. You know, it is crazy. So I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on my injections, especially with the spit jack. That spit jack is a, is an injector on another level, man. I love that thing. So what, what have you been doing for rubs lately? <sighs> Funny you should ask. 
So I've always been, I followed uh, the godfather of barbecue uh, advice. I was watching barbecue pitmasters and he was like, I don't waste my time inventing my own rubs. I use other people's rubs and uh, they spend millions of dollars developing these rubs that are perfectly fine. I'd rather focus on the cook. And I was like, boom, stop making rubs. But lately I have kind of, not that I've changed. I've just decided that I wanted to come up with the rub that was near and dear to what I've been trying to do for the last three years, which is infuse Jamaican flavors into my barbecue. So I kind of took a step back and rethought how I apply my rubs and what I wanted to come up with. And essentially I've always been big on layering rubs, right? So I just kind of taste rubs over and over again. My whole counter is full of rubs that I've bought, tasted, and then I've just figured out which ones work well together. And I would you know, layer them on, uh, to give you different experiences as you're eating it. But what I wanted to do is kind of think of, all right, if I like layering my rubs and I'm trying to create different experiences, why not make sure that each layer has a complement to the previous layer as opposed to simply just layering a bunch three different rubs that I thought worked together. Right. So I started out with that concept and I just, you know, so my base layer is always going to be SP. You know what I mean? It's nice 50-50 salt and pepper mix, maybe uh, some onion powder, garlic powder, whatever. You know, just a, just a base rub. But then I've been started working on a jerk, a Jamaican jerk rub uh, that I've been using as a second layer. And something that just gives you, or at least me, a hint of what I'm used to as far as eating uh, Jamaican food or jerk chicken and jerk uh, pork and all that stuff. And then for the third layer, that's my barbecue layer. But so I will either use a pre-made rub that then falls in line with what I'm trying to do. So essentially the third layer determines what I'm cooking. So whether it ribs, is it brisket, um, pulled pork, whatever. So it may have some celery seeds in it or something like that, or maybe it's just paprika or maybe, you know, for my brisket, there is no third rub. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. salt and pepper for the base because we both like Texas style and then the Jamaican for the Jamaican flavors. And that's it. So that's pretty much what I've been doing lately. I'm still working on my jerk rub, but I think I've had a couple people try it now. Um, and my goal was to make it more universal because, you know, I will take the heat. No problem. But other people, you know, that spice is, is a bit much. So I've been actually having like different people that I've never even seen before try it out. and. uh They've they've all enjoyed it so far. So that that's yeah, pretty much the path I'm on right now. I think it's the nature of it being a nice, new, interesting uh, flavor profile. So if Chris is kind enough, because you decided to jump on the show with us, and we do know that I want to make sure we're respectful for your time since you're jumping on right after work before dinner uh, to <laughs> record with us. But uh, maybe he'll uh, he'll put a little something something in the mail and send you a little package uh, so you could try out his uh, his magical new rub. He's like. I don't give away my rub. Not even to Kevin. But I think it's a, a worthwhile, it, he's done a fantastic job with the rub. And again, I think the nice thing about it, if you're, if you're not a heavy Jamaican food eater, you get the hint of Jamaica, but mm-hmm. it's unique to you. So you're like, I like the flavor, but you can't put your finger on it unless he tells you it's, it's right. a Jamaican influence. Someone who's Jamaican will pick up on it, but most it's people sure. just say it's good. It's different, but I don't know why it's like, it just makes me feel like I'm on an island. So, uh, yeah, it's, but it's it a fantastic job with it. It complements smoke well. You know what okay. I mean? 
Because yeah. if you go to Jamaica and did you go on, you know, to get some authentic jerk chicken, they're on a on a grill somewhere. You know what I mean? And that smoke mm-hmm. is coming up from the coals and all that stuff. And so it complements uh you know this these raw these flavors really, really well. So well, I know if I know if you put it together, you put some work in it, right? Because uh, <laughs> no doubt. So yeah, weeks and weeks. So what do you? Are, so are you? Are you still sticking with the uh, Texas style for your briskets? What do you tell me? What you're I, doing lately? I've gone Texas style with everything. I mean, oh. I, I, you know, I'm like you. I have all these different rubs I, I, uh, that you know that I've bought and I try different things, but I always come back to SPG, right? Mm-hmm, Even mm-hmm. on my ribs, right? Mm-hmm. Salt, pepper, garlic, ribs, just yeah. straight. It's, and, and there's nothing better than classic, man. You got right. it right. I'm a. And, I, I I like the ch- I like the change up. I like some of the flavor profiles you can get with something. It's like I want to try something different. But I'm I'm a million percent with you. Like my kids, some of the best chicken I've done. They're like, oh, what did you do the difference chicken? I was like, it's salt and pepper. Like I just <laughs> didn't have a lot of time. The chicken was thawed. I was between calls. I. Put a little bit of oil on the skin, sprinkled it, threw it on the smoker, ran back upstairs to get on a call, and away we go. But I, I honestly, Kevin, I I think you definitely opened up both of our eyes. I think Chris is going to realize it. Like the offset, I, it, it's a again, it's a it may not be the first smoke you're going to try to do overnight. It might be you know start off with the ribs and stuff yes. where you like mm-hmm. I can sit here and baby it. I can do some stuff inside and I can go out and put another. Uh, piece on it. Do you do you have something that's? Are you just are you constantly measuring great temperature so you know sort of so, how to deal with that as well? Yeah. So my, okay. mine has I have two two uh, two uh, temp gauges that are built into the smoker, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and both of them are in the door. One's lower, one's higher. But I do. Um, I, I told you. I, I forget the name of the uh, the uh, the thermometer that I have that's internet connected. It has four probes. So okay. I use two of those or at least one, but most of the time I'll use two for at the grate. Yeah. Right? Okay. The clip. And that way, you know, like I know, I know what the, what the temperature is at the grate and I know what the air temperature is. And so I can kind of go from there. I tend to adjust by the grate temperature though. That, yeah. that makes, okay. that's mm-hmm. how I adjust my fire. Yeah, I, I start. That's the one thing that the meter brought to my attention is just like you know, even though I've had even at the great temperature, but that the meat it's like it's off by like ten fifteen degrees sometimes between the mm-hmm. even the grate alone and there. So you know, right. depending on how I'm feeling, and you know, sometimes it's literally just a feel. I'm like, mm, you know what, I'm going to play towards the grate because I have, and mostly it's because of how much stuff I have on there. So I have a, if I have a lot of food on there. Then I'll play towards the grate so that everybody kind of gets an even thing. But right. if it's like one or two things, then I'll play towards the thermometer and say, okay, let's get the temperature at the meat at this level, uh, right. to, and, and just play to that and then work it from there. And, uh, and I, I'll, another thing is I always cook to temperature, never time. Hey, I, don't amen, know, I, I don't know if you've seen the Batman, uh, little graphic where he slaps Robin and said, cause Robin asked him, how long do you cook your biscuit brisket for? He's like time and temp, <laughs> but yeah, always by, I always go by temperature and even on my ribs. Right. I, I learned this ab- about three years ago. Right. I forget what show I was watching, but the guy said he takes his, his Insta probe and he slides it between the bone and the meat, the media. And, and, you know, I start, and he start, 
he was cooking that to like 203. That's interesting right? because yeah. I've actually tried to temp ribs. And for the, I, I what I find mm-hmm. is that there is a fine line between it's going to give you an accurate, accurate temperature and then it's not. And so what I mean by that is like a lot of times I'll temp the rib and it's like going up, 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 up. And then it hits a point where the temperature drops. It's almost like it says, I'm not giving you any more. Uh, and, but it's, it's done. You know what I mean? But right. it, yeah, but I'm, I'm with you. I, I don't mind like trying to temp in between the bones and stuff right. like that. And it's just a probe for me, right? It's not yeah, something yeah. I'm leaving in there. Yeah, I just yeah, check yeah. it, right? Just, yeah. And, and is it done at the, you know, yeah, but. I, I don't like fall off the bone. To me, no. that's overcooked, right? Absolutely. You know, that's that's the old school back home. You know, people who thought fall off the bone was the best thing, right? But right. to me, that's overcooked. So I want that perfect bite through. And and I've been getting that from around, I probe in between when I hit around 203 on those ribs. Yeah. I pull them. I'm a 195 guy, if I'm to be honest. 195. um, I'm finding on my smoker 195 on my uh, briskets, uh, 195. um, And because I have the uh, the Caterade, Mm -hmm. and when I say that thing can hold for like five, six hours, it is outrageous. Like I'll open that thing and steam is coming out of it. And I got to get a hot pad to hold the pan. It's just still that hot. I need to get one of those. It's a good addition, and they also and they also have the poor man's version, the uh, Cambro uh, uh, yeah, the styrofoam ones, which the styrofoam are styrofoam version. Those are they're really good too. Cheap, oh, really? The same. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll send you a link because yeah, uh, the uh, styro is like a styrofoam version. The top is like super snug fit. Um, is actually kind of like a compression fit when you put it on there, but it mm-hmm. holds temp ridiculously well yeah, too and right. it's sizable you can get like three full-size pans on top of each other in there yeah. um, or six of the half-size pans so and it's it's amazing a lot of people don't understand that the rest of the brisket is the key part yeah, the longer the, it rests the, the better, better it's gonna be yep. yep the juices just pull back into the exactly. meat and you're not they're not wasting on the board yep all right sir you, you need to get yourself some dinner I yeah. said we would try to get you out of here at a respectable hour, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to that. I, it, we got to get you back on the show, especially after we do the cook, yeah. So we can tell you the calamity that ensues. Um, <laughs> but, um, if if you wouldn't mind, we definitely would like a, a tip of some place to get full log because I I I would yeah, imagine we're link. gonna have to uh, yeah I'll be uh, get up. ourselves going here because I, I think the plan was try to get something on the smoker this weekend. But but I'll get you the link to the place where I where I get where I was going. I was actually traveling up there to get my wood yeah. because it was such a great selection. But uh, I'll get you that. But also know that again, CVS. I mean, not CVS, but Ace, uh, Hardware. Ace, Ace Hardware. Hardware. You know, their their log splits um, and their kindling drive right, mm-hmm. and so that works great with your charcoal bed. Um, but I, but I'll get you that link to those. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely up. check out Ace Hardware because there's one close by. But yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, this will be a a cool, fun learning experience, and uh, mm-hmm. I think there are a number of the tips that you've just given us that oh, will definitely. hopefully right hopefully to save us from <laughs> uh, disaster for sure. Yeah, yep. well, Kevin, I, I thank you, my brother. Man, it's it's good to see you, man, yep. uh, and good to hear from you. And uh, we'll definitely uh, 
stay up and I'll let you know how this works out and you can come back and give me crap about how bad I did. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, all right folks, if you all want right. to support the show, by all means, hit us up on uh, patreon.com forward slash uh, barbecue and tech. Uh, uh, please tweet out the show. We're still growing. We're still seeing a lot of interaction on our Facebook page and on our uh, on our Discord. So come on and join us. We're always talking barbecue on there. We're always giving tips and tricks. Um, and so uh, for everyone, yeah, please. And if you just like listening to the show, by all means, do that as well. So we are out. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 